We'll continue the Christ is series. The Christ is series. John chapter 14. Open your Bibles to John 14. We'll read the first 14 verses to get the context for our, our Sunday school lesson today. And our text that we'll be looking at is found in John 14.6, but just the, the four words, Christ is the way. Christ is the way. So we've been looking at various aspects of who Christ is. Let's read the context here in John 14, verses 1 to 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, or that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now look at, look at the authority with which our Lord speaks. Note the authority. And remember, remember, this is no other than God incarnate in the flesh. The Son of God. The God who left heaven. The second person of the Trinity. The Word who was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he himself says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Notice the exclusiveness of it too. There's no other way. So this verse right here tells us that Buddha is not the way, that Muhammad is not the way, that Mary is not the way, that all these false religions out there are not the way to the Father. And this verse proclaims it. Christ himself, God in the flesh, proclaims this. And in saying these words, he is saying all those other religions are false religions. In in, in the time of biblical, Baal is not the way. Moloch is not the way. Zeus and all those other false gods are not the way. They're false gods. They can't do anything. Christ himself says, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What power and authority he speaks with because he's God incarnate in the flesh. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak unto you, I, shall not, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And remember, he's the Logos of God. He's the Word of God. All that God has to say to us, he says to us through Christ. Through the Son. And remember, this is his book. This book is his. Verse 
Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily. Verily, verily. I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I, shall, I do, shall he also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now these are the words of our Master. These are the words of God incarnate in the flesh in John 14.6 and all the way up to 14. These are His words. The words of God. The words of the one who is fully God and the words of the one who is fully man and the words of the one who came to redeem His people from their sins. And He did it. Praise His name. He did it. He redeemed us on Calvary's cross. Now who is he the way to? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the way. He's the way to the Father. He's the way to God. He's the way to heaven. He's the only way. The only way. Do you know that Turn, if you would, to Matthew 7. Do you know that the Scriptures declare that there's a narrow way? There's a narrow way. Matthew 7, verse 14. Look at this. Matthew 7, verse 14. And keep your finger there, because we'll be going back there. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way. And few there be that find it. Who is the narrow way? Christ. Christ himself. Who's the broad way? Which we'll look at it later. Who's the broad way? False religion. And anything that's man-centered and exalts the self-righteousness of man, beloved. And many, many we will see are on that road. Now man has cooked up all kinds of ways to supposedly get to heaven, haven't they? And we've heard a lot of them. We haven't heard them all, but we've heard a lot of them, haven't we? A lot of them. They've cooked up ways in their minds and in their hearts. And they follow those ways. Some make, some make someone a, a co-redeemer with Christ. There's no co-redeemer with Christ. He's the way, Scripture declares. That's nothing but blasphemy. Because to add anything to Christ's perfect redeeming work is to ruin it. It's no longer grace. It then becomes works. And I've mentioned that many times. If you add just a pinprick of your works to grace, it's no longer grace. Keep your finger in Matthew 7 and turn to Romans 11. Romans 11. Some make baptism. They say, well, you have to be baptized to be saved. That's not true. There's salvation only in Christ because he himself said, I am the way. And notice the I am statement. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He's the great I am. He's the great I am, beloved. Look at Romans 11, verses 5 and 6. 
Even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. There is a remnant who are on the narrow path. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. You think that would end it right there. Scripture plain. And if by grace, then no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. The Scripture declares if you add anything to grace, it's no more grace. It's no longer grace. Then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Now go back to Matthew 7. And let's look at verse 13. There's a way called the broad way. And all those who think they can get to heaven by their own works and by their own self-righteousness, they are on this road. And all who are lost, all who are lost, are on this road. They may have no religion at all, but they think they can justify themselves. They think they're, oh, I'm not as bad as the guy around the, down the road. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Because the scripture declares there's none, none good. And it declares that they are on the, the broad road to destruction. Look at Matthew 7, verse 13. And we'll also read verse 14. Enter ye in the straight gate. Well, the straight gate is mentioned in verse 14. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. It's wide and it's broad. It's wide and it's broad. And many there be that go in thereat. There is many on that road. There is many. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Note the contrast. Note the great difference between the two ways. One is broad. And there's many on it. It's, it's highly populated. And then you have a narrow way. The straight gate. There's a few on it. But those few we know from Scripture will add up to a number that no man can number as time goes by and God is bringing in all his lost sheep. But, but think of this. If you're on the narrow way, praise God, because there's a multitude on the broad. There's a multitude on the broad way. My, oh my. And few, few who find it. It must be revealed. Christ must be revealed. It's narrow because he's the only way. We saw that in John, John 14. Why is it a narrow way? Because Christ says, I'm the way. Does everyone believe that? No, we know that. And we're going to look later at how many people step into eternity each day. It'll shock you. How many of those people step into eternity without Christ? He must be revealed, beloved. He must be revealed to us. He's the only way to the Father. John Gill comments this way on, on John 14.6 about Christ being the way. The way is unpleasant to the flesh to walk in. It's hedged up on each side with afflictions and tribulations, which we go through. And we're going to look at that. We're going to look at that in Sunday morning. That those afflictions and tribulations are actually God chiseling and hewing. We're stones. We're, I don't want to go too much. But he's, he's working in us and conforming us to the image of the Son. Oh, my beloved. 
So it's, we're hedged up on each side with afflictions and tribulations. And moreover, it is like the narrow place or the straight place in which the angel met Balaam. Remember, Balaam couldn't move. Balaam couldn't move to one side or the other. The angel was right there before him. We're, we're hedged up, beloved. We can't go anywhere but forward. We're in a narrow way, a narrow path. There's no turning to the right hand or the left. And such is the way to eternal happiness. It's only in Christ and Him alone. Only in Christ. What a great encouragement this is to we who walk. Walk on the, on the narrow path. And Christ is the way. He's proclaimed it in our text. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But by me. Again, let's go back to our text. And we'll see that the Lord Jesus Christ is our only way to the Father. And beside Him, there is no other way. No other way. None. He is the way. God Himself proclaims, the Lord Jesus Christ, God incarnate in the flesh, proclaims, I am the way. Did you notice? One syllable word. The God of the universe speaks in a language that we can understand. But we can only understand it when he reveals it to us, right? But look at the simplicity of the words. I am the way. Four one-syllable words. And then look, I am the truth. I am the life. All one-syllable words he speaks to us in. My goodness, beloved. Now the Father is God. And our verse says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So the Father we know is God. And the Son is God. And the Holy Spirit is God. The three are one. But our text boldly proclaims here that the only way to God is through Christ. The only way to God is through Christ. Not your supposed good works. Right? But how many people think that they're going to get to heaven on their supposed good works? We all know people who believe that. They're on the broad, they're on the broad way, beloved. They're on the broad way. And if God doesn't save them, they'll stay on that way. My goodness. My goodness. God himself in the flesh proclaimed that he was the only way to, to the Father. And, and God's people, by his grace, believe his statement, don't we? We believe his statement and we rest in only because he's given us the grace and the faith. We're saved by grace through faith. And that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now here's a sobering fact. The scripture proclaims that there are two ways, right? The broad way which leads to destruction and the narrow way which leads to life. Now here are some st st statistics of how many people die a day. My goodness. According to the World Health Organization, 56 million people die each year. 56 million which is an average of 153,424 people a day. 
153,424 people a day around this world step into eternity. That's sobering. Now think on this. Turn, if you would, to 1 John 2.18. Think on this. Scripture proclaims, Scripture proclaims this in 1 John 2.18, that all who deny the Lord Jesus Christ are liars. Okay? How many people in this world deny Christ? How many people, we don't know of those 153,000 each, each day which die, are Christ deniers. They're on the Broadway. They're on the Broadway. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. And then we'll read all the way to 24. But look at this. Little children, it is the last time. 1 John 2, 18. Little children, it is the last time and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. You have heard, you've been warned, that Antichrist shall come. Those who suppose, Brother Henry Mahan says, those who suppose that this would be only one man are mistaken. For John says in this verse, even now there are many Antichrists. Okay? From the day of our Lord's death, we have steadily moved toward the day of apostasy and the day of Christ's return. And we are indeed in the last days, aren't we? We've been in the last days since Christ died. Paul declared that. Now, several of the commentators, uh, Brother Henry and Calvin and Gill, all say Antichrist is, is false Christ. And think of the word, anti-Christ. It's against Christ. Anything against Christ is anti-Christ. Anything. But you've got all these people making all kinds of money and hooping everybody up about end time stuff. Let's just look and see what the scripture proclaims. Right? Antichrist is a spirit. Anything that opposes Christ's person, his incarnation, his office, and deny that he was Christ is Antichrist. Anyone who mixes grace and works is Antichrist. Anyone who exalts man's will over, over the work of Christ and his perfect, finished, redeeming work is Antichrist. It's against Christ. Against Christ. What they're doing is saying they can be their own savior and that God is powerless to do anything. That's not the God of the Bible, is it? That's not the God of the Bible, beloved. Look at our text. It continues in 1 John 2 to 19. We'll read 19 to 24. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it. God's revealed himself to you. You know who Christ is. Paul's writing to believers, isn't he? And, and that no lie is of the truth. 
Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? So how many of those 153,000 people that enter into eternity deny that Jesus is Christ? That means they're a liar according to that scripture. So they're on the broad. We know where they're heading. My goodness. Do you see how the path is narrow? Rejoice of God's revealed Christ to you. My goodness, what a gift we've received. But ye have an unction from the Holy One. And ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye, ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no, no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. There it is right there. Isn't that plain? We can understand that. It says, He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Well, he just wrote there was many Antichrists. It's a spirit, beloved. Brother Henry says that in, in this commentary on 2 Thessalonians, that the man of sin is a spirit. And he said Gill, Spurgeon, and several other commentators used to believe the same thing. It's a spirit against Christ. And we see it. We see it in religion. We see it in man's, man's works-based religion. It's against Christ. It's against the free gospel and the glory of God. My goodness, beloved. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let there, that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall continue in the Son and in the Father. God's people, we stay in the way. Because he keeps us in the way. He keeps us beloved. So all who worship false gods, and those who, who are self-righteous and believe they can save themselves and, and mix grace with works, it's no longer grace. They're on the, they're on the broad path. It leads to destruction. Again, I'll read the verse in Romans 11, 6. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But, but if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Now think of this. I've just, I just did the equivalent of 150,000 people a day. And I broke it down. We know it was 153,000. I wanted to round it up to 150. So 150,000 people enter eternity every day. And based upon that, 6,250 people die each hour. Enter into eternity each hour. And it breaks down to 104 people a minute. My, that's sobering, isn't it? Enter into eternity. Now the scripture we read in 1 John says, anyone who denies Christ... They're, they're gone, aren't they? They're on the, so do you see how narrow the path is below them? Rejoice. Rejoice you who have been shown mercy in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise God. He regenerates his people. All those he purchased on Calvary's tree. And they are all on the narrow way, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. The one who proclaims himself, that he himself is the only way to the Father. 
the only way. So let us ponder how our Lord is the way to the Father for us. Number one, the Lord Jesus Christ is the only way to acceptance with the Father. The only way to acceptance with the Father. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1. He's the only way to acceptance with the Father. Outside of Christ, there's no acceptance with God, right? None. Outside of Christ. We saw that in 1 John. Now look at this. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 5 to 7. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Don't we love that? According to the good pleasure of his will. If you're saved, it was God's will for you to be saved. That's good news, isn't it, brethren? Oh, my. My, oh, my. To the praise of the glory of his grace, we continually give him praise for his grace and mercy which has been bestowed upon us in Christ, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. The only way for acceptance with the Father is in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. Acceptance in the beloved. Acceptance in the beloved. In whom we have redemption. He paid, for our, he paid the price for all our sins through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. My. Turn, if you would, to John 17. John 17. The next point is there's no acquaintance with the Father, no way for us to know who God is outside of Christ. He must be revealed to us. He must be revealed to us. And then put your finger, I'm sorry, too, in Job 22. John 17, 3, and then put your finger in Job 22, verse 21. But first of all, we're going to John 17.3. I know it got us turned in a little bit here. Look at this. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. John 17.3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee. He must reveal himself to us. The only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And then over in Job 22.21, it says this. Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Good shall come unto thee through Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's no being acquainted with God except by and through Christ Jesus our Lord. No way of, of knowing him. No way of, being, of savingly knowing him except through Christ. He's the way. There's no other way. No other way at all. We may know something of him by the works of creation, but not unto salvation. He must reveal himself. He must, you must be born again. You must be born again. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. The Lord Jesus Christ himself has declared the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ himself has declared the Father. Look at John 1.18. No man has seen God at any time. That's the Father. That's the Father. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he's God. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. No one else is is acquainted with the Father but him. And again, he's writing about the Father. Now, have human eyes seen God? Yes. But not the Father. They've seen the Son. 
Who's God? Who's God? God the Son. Turn, if you would, over to, over to uh, John chapter 5. And I'll read John 6, 46, which says this, Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which uh, is of God, he has seen the Father. The only one who's seen the Father is Christ. You see? That's what it means when it says, no man has seen God any time. It means we haven't seen the Father. But we see the Father through Christ, don't we? Yeah. Look at John 5, verses 36 and 37. But I have greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, he was given a work to do, to redeem his people from their sins. And beloved, he did it. Bear witness of me that the Father has sent me, and the Father himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have heard, you have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. But the one who has seen, the one who, who think of this, the one who was God, Right? In eternity, the Word is sent by God, the Father, and He declares the Father. Isn't it wonderful? It's wonderful. God Himself became a man. Turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 1. Now, He declared the Father by who He was. And God the Father has spoken through Him. He has speak through no other. In this scripture, he, Christ is the author of our scriptures. Hebrews chapter 1, I'm running out of time. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us, his people, right? Right? By his Son. All that God has to say to us, he says, through Christ. Through Christ. And who's this book all about? It's all about Christ, isn't it? Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Christ is the creator. We know that from our study in Colossians. Who being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person and holding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. Oh, that's beautiful. Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Christ himself, God himself, Purge my sins and yours too if you're a believer. By the shedding of his own precious blood on Calvary's cross. Being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels hath he or said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be unto him I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship. My. Now, he proclaimed the Father by the words of his mouth, right? He preached concerning the Father. He said he's here to do the Father's will. We saw that in our text in John where we read. Turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. He proclaimed that he was sent by the Father by the works that he did. By the works that he did. And remember, remember our text. He said, I am the way. The way to who? The way to the Father. The way to the Father. Luke chapter 2, verses 46 to 49. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Now we know what happened. They had left, they had left him behind. <laughs> but he's on a mission. 
right? His, his, his mom, mother, and, 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 and Joseph had left him behind. Had left him behind. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt, dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee soaring. Well, Joseph's not his father, right? But he talks about his father here. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye, know not, wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Well, he speaks about his father's, his father's business, that he's, he's on a mission, beloved. He's on a mission. Turn, if you would, to John 6. John 6. He came to do the will of the Father, to finish the work. And, and he, John 6 says, or John 4, I'll read this, says, Jesus saith unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. His work. Look at John 6, verse 37 to 40. He came to save his people from their sins. It's the will of God. John 6, 37 to 40. All that the Son giveth me shall come to me. There won't be one lost. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Verse 38. For I came down from heaven. Well, he's on a mission. Not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which sent me. That of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. And how did he do this? By dying on Calvary's cross as our substitute. The Lord Jesus Christ declared by his death as our representative and our surety of his people that he is a just, that God is a just, righteous, sin-hating God. And when our sins were imputed to Christ and placed upon him, he paid all that God demanded for our sins, beloved. He finished the work. Turn, if you would, to John 19. We're close with this. And remember this as we read this, that Christ is the only acceptance with God. He's the only way to God. And he was sent by God to redeem his people from their sins. And he's God incarnate in the flesh. He finished the work. He finished the work. Look at this in John 19, verse... 28 to 30. After this, Jesus, know, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel of vinegar, and they filled the sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. And when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. The work's finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Praise God for a redemption that is complete in Christ. Heavenly Father, we come before thy throne, grateful, grateful, all oh, for your, your sovereign, majestic salvation, which is only found in thee. We are saved by the free grace of God alone, in Christ Jesus alone, to your glory alone. And we magnify and praise your name, that you have had mercy upon us. And we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.